We were talking about in our um, workers meeting here just a little while ago before service. Uh, Paul, God used Paul to tell Timothy, make full proof of thy ministry. And uh, do your best for the Lord. Amen. Put your hand to the plow and don't look back. And uh, let God use you. Amen. Let's go to Ecclesiastes chapter 6, please. Ecclesiastes. And we've been studying the Word of God there. I'll pray and then I'll let you be seated. All right. Lord Jesus, thank you, thank you, thank you again for your church. Thank you for Wednesday night, Lord. Uh, just a core group of folks tonight, Lord, just uh, praying together. Uh, Lord, singing together, fellowship. I've seen a lot of fellowship tonight. Lord, what a sweet thing. And now we come to the Bible study. I pray, Holy Spirit of God, that you would teach us your word tonight. Lord, may it not be John Woolard. May it not be uh, flesh. May it be the Spirit of God. I pray that you would illuminate the Scriptures and help us. Guide me and teach me, Lord, as you use me tonight. And uh, help us, please, to understand what you have that we make great application out of this Old Testament uh, book, Lord, of Ecclesiastes. Thank you for allowing us to study it, and we give it to you now in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Ecclesiastes 6. Amen and amen. All right. It's been a great day. Praise the Lord for it. Thank you for being here tonight. And uh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Got your Bibles open? Ecclesiastes chapter 6. All right, good. What page you got? There's a lot of different, different pages there, isn't it? Uh, so many different Bible publishers. But we got one Bible. It's the King James, amen? No matter who uh, typed it out for you, it's the King James. I still believe in it, and I'm going to believe in it. I'm going to preach it, amen? All right? It's, the, it's God's Word to the English language. Yes? Yeah, if you don't know the history about it, you read about it. Convince you that obviously that God was doing something. All right? And so uh, we don't need all this other stuff of man's words and man's opinions. God says in the book of Isaiah, man, I'm preaching now. Watch out. Uh, well, thank you, Holy Spirit, right? God says in Isaiah, my ways are above your ways, and my thoughts are above your thoughts. So far as the heavens are above the earth, so are my ways above your ways and my thoughts above your thoughts. That means God's word for word right here. We don't need man to mess it up. Praise the Lord for it. Amen. Hallelujah. And you say, well, I don't understand every word. Well, that's why we study to show ourselves approved. Yeah? And I don't understand every word when you look at some of these other versions. Say, God said it best. I don't know what you're messing it up here some slang version or whatever. I don't know what that word means. I got to go some over, I got to go to downtown Martinsburg to figure out what it means or something. I don't know. I can just go to the Lord right here and know what it means. Amen? Amen. Amen. I thank you, Holy Spirit. One plan to preach that, Brother Gaylor. But hey, whatever. Amen. Ecclesiastes chapter 6, and the Bible says in verse 1, There is an evil which I have seen under the sun, and it is common among men. Verse 2 says, A man to whom God hath given riches, wealth, and honor, so that he wanteth nothing for his soul of all that he desireth, yet God giveth him not power to eat thereof, but a stranger eateth it. This is vanity, and it is an evil disease. 
Now consider what he's saying here, okay? He says there's an evil under the sun. Paul, uh, excuse me, uh, Solomon here talks often about under the sun. There are things under the sun across the earth. He was a king that uh, was the wisest man ever to live. God promised him that. We know that. We've said that many times. And, and uh, as the wisest man ever to live, he gathered things unto himself, and he was wise with his country. He was wise with his money. He was wise with his army. And he, he did some things that weren't right, and he was inconsistent. He was a sinner, but he was still the wisest man ever to live. And as, and as that, he was a man of great peace, and, uh, and he saw a lot of things, and he, he uh, studied a lot of things and, and all of that. And he said, what I've seen, what is common among men, this evil, is that God gives some people great blessings and they waste them. That's what he's saying here. Uh, God gives us a great blessing, and so we have a great responsibility. Consider your pastor tonight, me. Did not God give me a great blessing? Shenandoah Bible Baptist Church. Amen? You know what I'm saying there? He gave me you. The church is the people. Amen? So I was asking you if you're a great blessing, and some of you weren't sure. This church is a wonderful place. It's wonderful people. It's a great blessing. But with that great blessing comes great responsibility. I can't waste this time. I can't throw it aside. I can't make a joke about it. Because God called me to do something. And he expects me to do my best. For his glory. I want you to keep your finger here. And I want you to go to Luke 19, please. Luke chapter 19. And Jesus is giving a parable here in Luke 19. I like to look up different scripture and let scripture explain scripture and uh, help us to understand some things and see different perspectives. Luke 19 here, Jesus giving us a parable. And in Luke 19, look at verse 11. This is a parable of the ten pounds here. He says, uh, verse 11, Luke 19, 11 says, And as they heard these things, he added and spake a parable because he was nigh to Jerusalem, and because they thought that the, the kingdom of God should immediately appear. Okay, that's, that's the disciples. Remember, uh, after, um, before he died and, and after he died and rose again, they said, Lord, are you going to set up your kingdom? Remember the, the sons of Zebedee? Are you going to make me, can I be... Can I be second place or right next to you or, 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 or can I be the best? Remember all that, right? And they, they didn't understand all that. They thought it was going to be immediate. And, uh, and Jesus trying to teach them. Verse 12, he said, therefore, a certain nobleman went into a far country to receive for himself a kingdom and to return. And he called his ten servants and delivered them ten pounds and said unto them, occupy till I come. I'm not going to read the whole parable here, but I want you to see that here's a nobleman that has servants, and he said he gives them something, gives them ten, it says here 10 pounds, and he says, occupy till I come. Consider that for a minute. He's gone away, and he's coming back. And he says, I've given you a blessing, 
Now occupy till I come. There's great application there for us. Yes? That word occupy means to busy oneself with or to trade. Uh, the root here for that word occupy means to do business or to work. There's a song in our songbook that way, isn't there? Work for the night is coming. Work in the morning hours. Right? I haven't sang that one in a long time either. It's in there. What it's talking about is Jesus is coming again. He could come, to, he could come tonight. Eastern sky, whoo, trump of God. Eastern sky is that way. Praise God. Amen. Okay? Got to get my directions right. He could come tonight. Wouldn't that be awesome? Amen. And uh, he could come in the morning. And I'm supposed to be busy working and doing what he called me to do when he comes. Amen? Yeah, I don't want to get my hand caught in the cookie jar. Jesus shows up, right? And here I am messing around and wasting my time. No, he called me to serve him, to be a pastor, to win souls, to raise my children for his glory. Amen? Amen. That's right, that's right. And that's what um, he's saying there. So back in, our, back in our text here, Ecclesiastes chapter 6, here's a man, verse 2, God hath given riches. I'm going to read the verse again. And a, a man to whom God hath given riches, wealth, and honor, so that he wanteth nothing. That's an old English word there, wanteth. Okay? It means to lack. So he lacketh nothing. He, the Bible doesn't use the word want the way we would use. It's not a want like, a, like something we desire. It uses the word desire for that. And that old English there, when it says want, means to, to lack. Okay, that's the, the, the meaning there. It, we're in want of something. We lack something. So he's saying here that he lacketh nothing for his soul of all that he desireth. Okay, he's got everything he ever wanted. Yet God giveth him not power to eat thereof. What a shame. Okay, maybe... maybe talking about somebody who would die early. Maybe they, uh, we've, we've talked about this several times. It seems to be a reoccurring theme in this book. But we work towards something and try to build something for ourselves and put something away. Maybe it is your IRA that you're thinking of or your stocks that you're fretting over right now. And, ah, and why are you watching that thing, all right? Amen? And uh, am I the only one tonight or not? I don't know. We're looking at it and we're going, it's red. Amen. Hallelujah. And, uh, and we build and we work towards these things. And, and we oftentimes we do it for our own glory. And we waste our time. And God's going to come back. And it's going to be for nothing. Or he's going to call us home. Look, it says, yet God giveth him not power to eat thereof, but a stranger eateth it. When it says stranger there, it means not an heir. It means not a, a child, a blood relative. It means literally an outsider, a foreigner, or an alien to you, to your family. Okay, it would mean somebody who is not related to a Woolard, uh, would not be heir or even family of me, would get all that I've ever worked for. Okay, that's what it's talking about here. And uh, he said, this is vanity. You work your whole life under the sun and you sweat the sweat of your brow and, and here it all goes to naught. It goes to waste. Because you don't know who will get it after you. Right? 
You don't know what your work's going to come to when somebody else has it. And it is an evil disease. He relates it to a disease, a, a physical sickness. Think about the diseases of the Old Testament. Think about leprosy. That's what he's relating that to. Uh, some other things there. Okay, let's move on. If a man beget a hundred children, praise God. I thought you ladies were saying amen over there. If a man beget a hundred children, that's a lot. Hey, I'm about growing a church through the nursery. Amen? <laughs> amen. Amen. I was about ready to start calling out people. All right, amen. Okay, good. Moving on. Amen. If a man beget a hundred children and live many years, so that the days of his years be many, and his soul be not filled with good, and also that he have no burial, I say that an untimely birth is better than he. Okay? Let's, let's consider what this is saying. When it says live many years, and that second time it says it, so that the days of his years be many, he's saying the very similar thing. He's just saying it a different way. Okay? He's saying, okay, that's the first, uh, the first commandment with promise, right? We honor our father and mother, right? So that we, our days on the earth will be long, right? That we'll have many days. That's a blessing of God, a long life. What we're forgetting is that in verse 3, children are a blessing. Let's remind ourselves of that. Amen? Some of you aren't getting it. Yes, let pastor remind himself that children are a blessing. Amen. The Bible talks about like an archer, that your quiver would be full of children. That's a blessing, right? Okay, they come after you. The, that when we see our children walk in truth, that is a joy to us. That is a blessing, okay? And here he says, if a man beget a hundred children, that's a great blessing. Or if he live uh, many, many years, that's a great blessing. But then it says, and if his soul be not filled with good, in other words, he does nothing with what God has blessed him with. Okay? If I waste my time as a parent and I don't train my children and I let them go the way, uh, to, of not, uh, I just let them go the way of the world and I let the world have them without me being involved there, right? Am I not supposed to train up my child in the way he should go? And when he's old, he shall not depart from it? That is Bible, right? Okay, and so, uh, but I, honestly, many of us, we know and we see parents that waste their time. You know selfish people, and so do I. And sometimes we as parents can be selfish. We're going after something we want, and we're missing an opportunity with our children. Shame on us. Amen. God's teaching here that, if he have these great blessings, whether it be children or many days on the earth, and his soul be not filled with good, and also that he have no burial. Interesting. No burial. What does it mean to have a burial? That means that you're being honored because of your life. That means that you have people that care about you. You're, let's, let's remember what a burial is. Before we get all... Well, it's got to be this way, and it's got to be that. And uh, like the pharaohs of old with these great big pyramids, and i got to have all this to my name, and it's got to be fancy and all that. Remember that you won't be there. 
Amen? Um, it's okay to set things in order and have some plans. That's a good thing. Okay, so your children aren't burdened with everything. You have a plan laid out. And even if you have ways to pay for it, that's awesome. Yes? So you don't die and leave a great burden and debt to your children in a time of, of fussing between them because they're trying to figure out what to do in this mess. We can be prepared. Yes? Yes, amen. Okay, all right. But remember that the burial is for them. They're, they're weeping. They're saying goodbye. They want to honor you. They, uh, we, as children, find um, help in honoring our parents when that, or our grandparents or other people we love when it comes to that. Okay, so what he's saying here is this man with all these blessings, has, uh, he's done no good and he has no burial. He's left nothing behind. He's, he's made no difference. Nobody cares about him. Nobody wants to... He's, he's, he's done nothing in his life. I say that it's an untimely birth and, unt excuse me, i got to say this correctly, that an untimely birth is better than he. I looked that up. What's, un what's an untimely birth? When I looked that word up, untimely birth, there's two English words or one Hebrew word, and it literally means to abort. That's what it means, to abort. Okay, an untimely birth. It's, it's when the unborn child dies in the womb, whether it be because of uh, an accident or an issue, a health concern, or whether it be because he's killed. He, what, what does God say here? He's, he's pointing out that that's a bad thing. He's pointing out that that's a bad thing. It's still wrong to kill your babies. Amen? It's still wrong to do that. Life is precious. Jesus Christ is always about life. This world is focused on death and about selfishness to, to, the, to the adult who wants to live life their way. Killing babies is still wrong. I don't care what the government says, and I don't care what some other person says and what this person on, on social media says and what, what these students do to a professor by getting up and walking out on them. I don't care about all that stuff. It's still wrong. Amen. He says here that a man that wastes his life with such great blessing that this untimely birth is better than he. Why would he say that? Well, let's continue. For he cometh in with vanity and departeth in darkness. His name shall be covered with darkness. Well, Pastor John, is he talking about the man or is he talking about the child, the, the unborn baby here? He could be talking about either one. What he's saying here is, is that his, it's vanity, it's emptiness. His life is worth nothing, and he departeth in darkness. He's got no legacy, no, nothing to leave. Not legacy for himself, but, but the fact that he would leave uh, a, a children and a family that he's made an impact on. They just reminded me of a great Christmas movie. <laughs> uh, it's a Wonderful Life, Right? George Bailey, and he gets to see what, what things would have been like, like without him, right? Think about what Shenandoah would be without you sitting here. I'm not trying to get you to be prideful in your big head, but I'm saying God put you here for a reason. God gave you that ministry for a reason. Let's make the most of it. Let's make the most of it. Verse 5 here. Moreover, he hath not seen the Son 
nor known anything, this hath more rest than the other. In other words, the child, the unborn child, that untimely death, it was better than the man that wasted his life. Because it was all about him and he did nothing with it. Better is the child that God takes care of and goes right into glory. Verse 6, yea, though he lived a thousand years twice told. That's a long time. Amen? That's a long time. Uh, that's more than Methuselah. Methuselah, well, how many years was it? 969 years, right? So not even half of what he's saying here. He's saying a thousand years twice told or, or, or a thousand years more uh, times two, okay? I'm trying to find my spot. I lost it. Where is it at? Verse 6, right? There it is. Yea, though he lived a thousand years twice told, yet hath he seen no good. Do not all go to one place? Okay, if we look back in Ecclesiastes 3, we've already read it, verse 20, Ecclesiastes 3, 20, he says, all go unto one place, all are of the dust, and all turn to dust again. Okay, there's a life without God is worthless, and, and our body is going to go into the grave, and uh, it'll be wasted if, if we choose that. All right, he goes on, verse 7, all the labor of man is for his mouth. And yet the appetite is not filled. We've discussed that many times in the chapters already. He's re Why do you think God is re-addressing this issue? Do you think because he knows man is selfish? Yeah. We're all selfish. That's the truth right there. We're all selfish. Every single one of us. We care about us. We care about me, right? And uh, it's easy for me to choose what's best for me instead of choosing what's best for my wife or my children because that's my sinful nature. And God is reminding us of this once again. Don't waste your life. He puts you... We, we have seen it and talked about it and so many times so many of you'd say remember the good old days remember the 50s or the 60s or whatever age is the best for you that you thought right right when i was a i was a kid sometimes we talk about man let's the 1800s yeah be a cowboy right and all that stuff the good old days of this or that or whatever you want to say right didn't God put us right here in 2022? Yeah. Isn't he in charge and still on the throne? Isn't, isn't he have me here and my heart beating and I'm still breathing the air and it's not, uh, uh, the sun's not drying up or going, going, burning up like everybody's talking about and the, and the earth hasn't uh, warmed over so that I can't live here anymore, right? Yeah, this world was formed by him. I think he can sustain it until he comes again. I don't care what all the world says. Bless God. Hallelujah. All right? We watch Hollywood, and Hollywood keeps talking about all this. Oh, the earth's going to go this way, and man's got to figure out what he's going to do. Got to go find another planet or whatever the case. Pick something out of the air. They've made a movie about it. You with me? That's All that is absent of God. You realize that? Because, because the Bible says the Lord created it, and he sustains it. Colossians chapter 1. 
He sustains it. That means the sun is going to burn because he decides it to, that, that it's going to stay that way until he comes again and he decides to change it. Praise God, he's going to change some things too. When he comes again, and uh, I don't know all that's going to happen in the tribulation time. We know a few pictures. But there's going to be some monumental changes. I think about when he, phew, I get excited talking about this. When he comes at the second coming, the Bible says in the Minor Prophets that he steps on the Mount of Olives and it splits in two. It says literally one, goes one, one part of it goes one direction and one part of it goes another direction. And literally the mountain splits in two. There is great geographical changes coming at the second coming of Christ. And it says that he's going to repair the earth for a time because we're going to live and rule and reign with him for a thousand years. I don't know about you, but I get a little excited about that. That's exciting that I know my future is on the winning side. Amen? And talks about when the lamb and the lion are laying down together and all that stuff. And praise God for all that. And the child plays with the snakes. Amen? I know some of us have played with snakes in the past, but bless God, hallelujah. I remember I was three years old and I was playing down at my cousin's house. And I, man, I was, I think I was three. I, was, I wasn't in school yet. I was playing this little uh, sandbox. I'm sure it was shaped like something, like a turtle or something. I don't know. I was playing in the sandbox and all of a sudden, thud. I heard this thud and I looked next to me and there's a 39 foot snake. You know, and I go running, right? And he, my cousin's younger than me, and he's screaming, and out comes Poppy. And Poppy comes and puts his gloves on and picks that snake up, and he says, hey, let's take it to the woods. And Poppy's hand, I wasn't scared of it. In certain, I don't know how I got off on that. But anyways, uh, playing with snakes, amen? Praise God for the, for the second coming of Christ in the millennial kingdom. Amen? Ruling and reigning. I mean, you know, you got Brother Shank up there. He's going to have a throne up there somewhere on a mountain in Maryland if Brother Gaylor doesn't steal it. Amen? And then, uh, praise God, I'm, well, some of you all, I don't know where you're going to be. Somebody, somebody's going to be down in Inwood. I pray for you. Amen? Bless God. I don't know how it's all going to work, but I know that we get to go back to Jerusalem once a year. Praise God. Amen? And we go, because Jesus is going to be there on the throne physically, and we get to go worship, with him, worship him and with him, but, but him there in Jerusalem. Amen? This is exciting. Praise God. Amen. All right. How did we get off on the millennial kingdom? Man, that's exciting, though. Amen. Back to our scripture. Verse 8. For what hath the wise more than the fool? What hath the poor that knoweth to walk before the living? Better is the sight of the eyes than the wandering of the desire. This is also vanity and vexation of spirit. Consider what that just said. Let me read it again. Verse 9. Better is the sight of the eyes than the wandering of the desire. Be careful about your dreams. Be careful. Because God said... It's better for what you see right in front of you where I put you. Men, it's better that you enjoy the wife of your youth right in front of you than what's going on up here or what's on that screen. Be careful. He says, better is the sight, let me read it again, better is the sight of the eyes than the wandering of the desire. 
I wonder why you dream some crazy off-the-wall things. It's because it's going on up here. Be careful. And what's going on up here is what you're putting in these gates right here. Or what you're putting in these gates right here. Be careful. What defileth a man comes from the inside, right? Right? Come on now. All right, good, men. Let's get on the same page. And ladies, you're not exempt either. All right? Let's quit dreaming about stuff, man. Men, that what's on that television screen is fake, and it's not. You won't want it when you get it, because it's 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 fake. It's false. It's the devil going doo, 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 right here, and the end of that is sorrow, bitterness, and death. That's what it is. Be careful. Be careful. He's warning us here. Let's continue. That verse 10, that which hath been, been, excuse me, that which hath been is named already, and it is known that it is man. I believe he's talking about vanity and vexation of spirit. He's saying that man is vanity. And what he's, again, man absent of God, left to himself, left to him flesh, is vain. Neither may he contend with him that is mightier than he. Well, we know that. We better recognize that every single day, who we are. Like Isaiah chapter 6, when he, when he is shown the, the throne room of God, what's he do? He gets on his face and he says, I'm not worthy to be here. I know who I am. I'm a sinful man and I have unclean lips. That means I better guard what I'm saying right now. Lord, I need you. I can't do it without you. Amen. That that which hath been is named already, verse 10, and it is known that it is man. Neither may he contend with him that is mightier than he. Verse 11, seeing there be many things that increase vanity, what is man the better? Again, Solomon's asking this question here. All is vanity. It's vain. It's vain. What, what am I doing? I've chased after wisdom. I've chased after pleasure. I've chased after all these sayings. What, what, is, what is my purpose? What is, the, what is the reason for all of this? And that's what man searches for. What is the reason for man? What's his origin? What, what's his purpose? Why am I here? When we don't know God. And when we leave God out of our fleshly lives. Verse 11. No, I just read that. Verse 12. For who knoweth what is good for man in this life? All the days of his vain life, which he spendeth as a shadow. For who can tell a man what shall be after him under the sun? In other words, do right, live for God, and enjoy right where he put you. Once again, he's saying it again. He's saying it again. We need to hear it again because he gave us this word. Are we still under the, under the impression that all, all the words of Scripture are given by God? Yes? Yeah? That there's not, there's not a single one that's, that comes back void, that is, that is absent, that is not given us of God. Every single word is important. Well, preacher, there's some things in there that I don't understand. Well, let's understand them. Let's study them. Let's ask the Holy Spirit to teach us and to bring this to light. Amen? This theme just keeps going over and over again in the book of Ecclesiastes. We get into chapter 7, and I'm not going to go there tonight. I'm just giving you a hook for next week. All right? 
A good name is better than is better than precious ointment. And he goes down here, he says, the better, it's better, verse 2, to go to the house of mourning than the house of feasting. Wait a minute, what, what? All these negative things are better than the positive things? We're going to get into that next time. And um, he says, verse 3, sorrow is better than laughter? What is all that about? Well, let's come back next week and we'll study all that. Continue to learn the Word of God. Again, we, we're cautious here, okay, because it's easy to not understand this and read it quickly and think, well, man, this, Solomon's got a depressed life. Well, we understand with more knowledge comes, comes great sorrow because we understand greater things. We carry, carry heavy burdens as adults that our children don't carry because we have great knowledge. But we understand that without God, it's vanity, and uh, we're going to face all these things, these difficult things, and have great questions um, without the Lord. But praise the Lord, when you know the Lord, you can get a little exciting about the second coming and the millennial kingdom and all that stuff. And, and man, we could talk about that for a long time. Shoo! I don't know about Brother Phil over there, where he's going to set up a throne right there. I don't know where God's going to give him ruling and reigning. It says it, doesn't it? It says ruling and reigning with him. Amen? Brother John back here, Lord's going to put me underneath him. I'm, that's scary right there. I don't know about that. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's stop. Let's let's be careful. Let's not compare ourselves among ourselves. Right? We're on. We're not wise. When we do that, and let's just live for God. Amen. Let's have a great time with it. Looking forward to the future. Amen. Are you re talking about all that? Are you ready if if God comes back tonight? Are you ready? Because if you're not, let's get ready. It's possible in this room tonight. We're talking about Wednesday night crowd here. It's possible that somebody's not ready. And if you're not saved, would you come see me after service? And let's take care of this thing. Because the Bible says you can get saved. You can be a child of God and you can get excited about all this stuff. Amen? And, and if we are Christians living in our flesh full of sin and we're not ready because we're scared about the Lord coming back because we're just not ready to see Him. Hey, we can get rid of that filth and have revival and start living holy for God, and start receiving the blessing of the Lord, and see some great things accomplished. Amen? We can do all that. Let's do it together. Let's do it together. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for this great church, and thank you for these wonderful folks. And I pray, Lord, you'd help us as we continue to study the book of Ecclesiastes. Thank you for the excitement of what's to come that you've brought out tonight. Thank you for the reminder of, Lord, a vain life without you. Lived for self, foolish living, Lord, uh, riotous living where we just, uh, God, care nothing of feeding but feeding our own flesh, Lord. It's all vain. It's all, it's all emptiness. It's all just wasted. I pray that we would live for you. Lord, that we would remember our reasonable service, like Romans chapter 12 tells us, to be a living sacrifice. Lord, it sure is joyful living for you. Lord, I've tried the other way. I've tried to live for myself, and it wasn't very fun. Lord, the end of it was debt, discouragement, even loneliness at times. Lord, it's sure a joy to serve you, to be in the center of God's will and see the blessings of God, seeing people get saved, seeing people helped and influenced for the Lord. It's wonderful. Thank you for doing it. 
Thank you for teaching me. Lord, thank you for second chances. God, you're so good.